Clary! <coughs> Clary! <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Man, that was intense worship time. For those people watching on Facebook Business, Roku, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever else this goes, people send me radio stations I didn't even know existed that are broadcasting their podcasts in like Africa and Asia and stuff. I was like, wow, crazy. You really don't know how many people you're reaching. Because we have so many streams and been doing this so long, and I tell you what, it's not about numbers. It's about the quality of the wine and the oil. And this quality of wine and this quality of oil is at an all-time high. He saved the best wine for last. What's the best wine for last? Love, stronger than death. He set his seal of love on my heart so that I can't die. Song of Solomon chapter 8, it is written. People are like, oh, I just give up on the drunkenness. I give up. It's not for me. Well, love is for you. Intimacy with Jesus is for you. Grow in intimacy with your king. Oh, you'll feel it. It's just a matter of time. You give him territory in your heart today, I guarantee on the Bible, you'll get drunk on the Holy Spirit. Because intimacy with Jesus is what produces the vineyards of the new wine. That's what the Bible teaches. It's written in Song of Solomon. It's not very mystical stuff. It's just, are you intimate? You know? Or do you have a polluted heart with lust? And lust is the only thing that will block you from having the drunken glory. If you're in lust or in greed in your heart, which is lust, idolatry in your heart, serving the golden image of Babylon in your heart, you forfeit the vineyards of the Garden of Eden because you're holding on to other gods. And so, when you're pure in heart, you see God. Matthew 5, 8, it is written. If you're not pure in heart, you never see God. You're cut off from God because of your own sin. Intimacy with Jesus is what forgives your sins. That's why it's called a cup of his blood. Is there anything more intimate than going into the heart of Jesus and allowing Jesus to come into your heart? Restore the joy of our salvation. The joy is the drunken glory. Get saved again. You know, you started out in the wine. You started out in grace. Who deceived you to make it about you? Who deceived you to make it about works and formulas? Who has bewitched you? Galatians 3.1, 1 through 3. Who has put upon you rules and regulations that don't apply to the new covenant. There are no rules and regulations in Christ. No, just love. The royal law, book of James. Only one commandment of the entire New Testament. There's not ten commandments. There's not Levitical commandments. There's not Mosaic commandments. There's not do's and don'ts in the new covenant. There's just one commandment. The commandment of love. And that's the one thing religious people can't do. You notice that? I've been doing this thing so much for so long. Religion is like you can't love even if you wanted to. You will be envious of other people's blessing. You'll be at strife against everyone comparing your doctrine, comparing your works as if the natural realm was your worth. 
You know, they weigh their worth on the natural realm. The dead weigh their worth in the natural realm. And nothing makes you more dead than religious sin of Cain called pride. That's when you're dead and cut off from the realm of the living. When your Christianity is still about you and comparing yourself to others. That's called envy and strife. 1 Corinthians says, Are you not carnal and envy and strife? Are you not carnal and yet babes and that envy and strife against one another? And sucking at the bottle? Amen? Do you deal with envy and strife like I do? It's like nursery every day. And you got like 10 people that are not at envy and strife and out of 10,000 people right now because there's just so much woundedness from the wilderness. The woundedness of the wilderness is being dealt with by promised land oil and promised land wine. There's more than enough for everyone to live in the realm where they have no want, live in the realm of the overflow, live in the realm where they're blessed and not cursed, live in the realm where there's no envy and strife. See, when you're in the wilderness, it was like dog eat dog, and they just steal from one another. I've had like 200 full-time ministers come into Red Letter Ministries since I've been broadcasting and pull people away by turning them against me, like 200 full-time ministers, lying to people, messaging people, manipulating people, season after season, cycle after cycle, harvest after harvest for 13 years. And the majority of them get pulled away. Because it's like, if there is any open area in your soul to the enemy, Satan can get you. If you don't have the full armor of God on, the enemy can lie to you and pull you away from the true apostles called the 12 stars of the heavenly Sanhedrin, written in Revelation 12, verse 1. There are 12 stars on the bride's head. The 12 stars are the government of God, of all the earth, the apostles and prophets of the last day. All the apostles and all the prophets right now that have been sent from the presence of the white throne judgment seat of Christ make up the 12 stars of the new heavens and the new earth where righteousness dwells. And even amongst the prophets and apostles, they're all so unique and different, but everyone's a gemstone. Everyone is precious in cut, clarity, and color. And they're all different. And I love it. I mean, I just, I get so encouraged by the prophets every day. I'm so in love with the prophets of the Holy Spirit, the prophets of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. These prophets are the friends of the bridegroom. I tell you what, there's nobody more encouraging than someone who's hearing from God the Father accurately and telling the truth. I don't even care how harsh it is. I don't care the severity. The greater the severity, the more it gets me drunk, honestly. The kindness, the kindness stuff, too, and the encouragement stuff, too, for the infants in Christ, that's wonderful to me, too. Infants need milk. Infants need that constant milk of encouragement because they're just so lost and so wounded and they're coming out of the worst sins unimaginable in Babylon the Great. Some of them are coming out of sex slavery. 
Some of them are coming out of pornography addiction. Some of them are coming out of ritual abuse. Some of them are coming out of religion. Some of them are coming out of re rebellion. Some of them are coming out of heroin and crack cocaine, prostitution. Most of them are just coming out of Laodicea and lukewarmness, and that's a horrible place to be too. To be lukewarm, to just be a peon, to just be a lemming in Babylon the Great and not have any identity in the rich treasury of glory of how unique you are as a gemstone in the Father's royal diadem. You know, that's a real horrible place too, just to think you're just a nobody, that you're just a, you know, lost in the sea of faces of society, that you're just a number, just the social security number. That's a really depressing place to be. That's the majority, the multitudes, multitudes in the Valley of Decision. I tell you what, you're not just a social security number. You are a unique gemstone in God the Father's crown. <laughs> you're not, you know, not everyone's an Apostle Paul. There was a Barnabas there too who was, Barnabas means son of encouragement. You know? Hallelujah. Not everyone's the same. Everyone's different. It's a whole body. The whole body of Christ. Everyone's unique. You know, not everyone's the mouth. Some people are the foot. Some are the, ha the hand. And they're just all doing their part according to their destiny that they agreed with as they came out of heaven and were formed in their mother's womb. Everyone has a destiny and everyone's destiny is amazing. No one can compare their destiny to another destiny and say, oh man, I'm, I'm jealous of you. Well, then you're obviously not in your destiny because nobody fulfilled in their destiny could ever be at sin or envy or strife against another person. Any sin towards anyone else is just an orphan spirit because you don't know who you are in Christ yet, so you need revelation and prophetic anointing stirred up in your belly to manifest the rivers through your own soul so you can see who you are in Christ in your own uniqueness. Holy Ghost. Want to get that? I mean, it didn't ring. Did it knock? There's somebody pounding outside my front porch, Penny. <laughs> Let's go check it out. Holy Ghost. You know, we live in the ghetto. It's still pretty wild around here. Thank you, Jesus. Hey. Glory. <laughs> it's getting wild, too. Postman's in the box. Hey, Penny, you got something to say? No. No? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are you having one of those days? Yeah. Yep. Except. Let me just tell you for people that are like Penny. And there are, Penny, it's Penny, you're not a unique case. There's millions of people like you. It's true. The thing about people coming out of religion, right? I'm not picking on you. Are you coming out of religion? tremendous amounts of religion. That's the majority of Christians. And they take it personal, you're picking on me, and I'm telling you, I'm trying to save you, I'm trying to heal you. There are people like Penny everywhere that I talk to every day that just don't know how to rely on the anointing that are still self-reliant. Their Christianity is about them doing something to fix themselves. Is it not? 
Is that not the temptation of the evil one for like millions of Christians? What do I need to do? What do I need? You know, that's the older prodigal son syndrome of Luke 15. Everyone on earth is either an older prodigal or a younger prodigal. I'm a younger prodigal. I come out of crack cocaine. I come out of heroin. And I come out of methamphetamine. (laughs) I come out of hell on earth in the pig trough. When I came into the kingdom, I realized none of this was about me. It was about Christ in me. And I started feasting. I started praying in tongues two hours a day in total desperation because I was dead and now I'm alive. A younger prodigal son of Luke 15. I, I learned that 20 years ago and I've been feasting for 20 years in spiritual gluttony and spiritual drunkenness. Not because I'm special, because I was dead and I'm now alive and I realize it's all about Jesus in me. It has zero to do with me. And if I don't fill my belly with bread and wine, I'm going back to the pig trough of Satan and dying on drugs and alcohol. So and in total desperation, I kept feasting. The Holy Spirit whispered to me inaudibly right after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, three months old in the Lord, January of the year 2000. He said, the most important thing, Brandon, is wisdom. Wisdom. And I was reading Proverbs every day. Every day. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Wisdom is the foundation. Wisdom builds her seven pillars. Proverbs all day long. Proverbs in the Message Bible. Proverbs in the Amplified Bible. Proverbs in the King James Version. Proverbs in 140 translations that I uh, read from. Proverbs online. Proverbs on the iPad. Proverbs on the Audio Bible. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, wisdom, 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 wisdom. Wisdom has mixed her wine. Wisdom will get you out of your human philosophy and into Christ. You stay yoked to the spirit of wisdom, you'll eventually have understanding. And then you eventually have might, and you eventually have power, and you eventually have the fear of the Lord, and you eventually have a menorah of knowledge, and you eventually have a menorah of lordship. You eventually, because you're in wisdom, and you're in Christ, and you're in not in self, and you're not yoked to Satan, and it's not about you, it's about the seven spirits of God in you, you finally get over yourself. And finally getting over yourself is actually just beginning to enter the kingdom. Because the problem is, is the charismatic church is outside the Father's house. It is. I watch them. I watch them do all of their works, and they're orphans, and they manifest on me like a snake pit every day by all their do, 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 missions trips. What do I need to do? I need to Bible, Bible. I need to read the Bible. I need to. I must, I must, I must. I need to worship. I need, I need. And it's all based out of you doing something for your soul instead of drinking Christ and whacking your soul into kingdom come. Because it's a different mentality of spiritual feasting than performance. A performance demon will ruin every day of your life because it'll be about you performing. You need to perform the ritual in order to get God to come. How many of y'all know that the prophets of Baal cut themselves to try to get the fire to fall on Mount Carmel? You read the Bible? The prophets of Baal were cutting themselves to try to get the fire to come, to try to get the Holy Spirit to come, 
And eventually it just wouldn't come because it wasn't based on performance. It was based on intimacy with the Lord Jesus in your heart. And Elijah was the friend of the Lord Jesus, so he actually was just goofing off up there. It was anti-ritualistic, anti-religious spirit, anti-Satan and the magic arts of Kabbalah. It was anti-Sunday morning starlight. It was anti-Freemason activity. It was anti-Jezebel. Just having fun goofing off. You guys are a joke to me. The, the rituals of the flesh and the performance of your five natural senses is not Christianity, it's cursedianity. It's the practicing of the curse of the fall. Out of grace and into law. Something about you instead of about Christ in you. Elijah always mocks the prophets of Baal. There's a mockery of the voodoo-doo-doo. There's a mockery of the performance. There's a mockery of the ritual and a mockery of the rite. There's a mockery of human tradition that nullifies the Word of God. There's a mockery of your five natural senses because nothing could ever be done in the flesh. The flesh was the old covenant, the covenant of the circumcision. The new covenant, Romans chapter 2, is the circumcision of your heart so that the pure in heart can see God. And that's the one place that no one's willing to go, is to actually sacrifice their heart. They all want it externally, and they want to cling and retain to self. It's not lawful in the New Covenant. It's illegal. It's satanic. It's anti-Christ. It's Jezebelic. It's witchcraft. That you would cling and retain to self and not sacrifice heart is satanic Magic arts. That's Jezebelic activity because you haven't sacrificed your heart to know God, to live in Christ. Amen? The pure in heart see God. If you're not seeing God in your belly, it's because there's sin in your heart. So, what does the Bible say? Circumcise your heart. Purify your heart from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins of being a religious, self-righteous, pharisaical, Jezebelic hypocrite, and He'll purify you from that wickedness which is called witchcraft. Galatians 3.1 You trying to finish in your natural senses what began in the gift of the springs and the geysers of gushing God. Of the gushing God. Of the God that gushes out of your belly. Gushing geysers of glory from your guts. So when it's coming out of your belly, you know it's not about you because there's another person in there. You know, it's called childbirth, birthing the divine child, First Timothy. Salvation, saved by birthing constantly the divine child. If you're not birthing out of your belly rivers and springs of glory, what are you saved from? Are you saved from yourself? Are you saved from striving? Are you saved from pride? Are you saved from your ego? Are you saved from performance? Are you saved from the condemnation of the fallen angels exercising mosaic sorcery of the law, law upon your heads, and tongues of condemnation of the black arts upon your skulls, word curses of fallen angels? Are you saved from Satan today? Only in the gift of grace. Are you saved from Satan today? Are Christians, Christians are so beat up by serpents in the wilderness don't even lie to me that you're saved from Satan. 
the things I hear coming out of Christian born-again tongue-speaking mouths, I'll get around people and they'll immediately start cursing. Cursing themselves and cursing me. That's a root of bitterness in you. That's a root of poverty. There's a root of pride. There's all these roots in you that are not the roots of David that need to get uprooted out of your belly and thrown into the lake of fire. You need to get your roots forgiven. Most Christians don't have the roots of David in their bellies, but they have the roots of bitterness, the roots of pride, the roots of greed. I deal with roots of greed every day. Roots of anything except David in their bellies. You know? They'll have a gluttony, a gluttony spirit. Instead of spiritual gluttony, they'll have natural gluttony. Pigging out every day with no self-control. Killing themselves on cholesterol. Dying prematurely of obesity. You know? I mean, there's, because without the anointing, you're cursed. In the anointing, you're blessed. There's two trees in the garden. The fig tree of Judas Iscariot covering your flesh or the olive tree of Jesus Christ covering your flesh. Only two kingdoms. Only two covenants. It's true. Old covenant and new. Are you still in the old covenant, friend? Are you still in the works of the flesh? Are you still practicing the law that your Christianity is about you and what you do? You are not a new covenant Christian yet. The new covenant is the springs in you. Jesus Christ testified, it's the Father in me doing the works. Is it the Father in you doing the works? Then you're not in the new covenant. The new covenant is Christ in you. The realization of the glory that I'm not doing the New Testament in my own effort and striving by the power of my flesh and blood. God is shutting down the tree of the knowledge of good and evil right now. What's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Your five natural senses. Well, why would he shut it down? He's trying to kill me. Oh, he hates me. No, he's saving you from yourselves. And self-righteous, prideful hypocrites don't think they need salvation because they're still saved in their own eyes by their own works. And they're the sons and daughters of Satan that need to enter the kingdom and start feasting. That's the truth. And I love you guys. That's the truth. Many Christians are being fathered by the fallen angels at this time because it's still about them and their performance. Performance-based Christianity is as satanic as it gets. God doesn't bless you because of things you do. God bless you because Jesus died on the cross and you drank His cup. It's grace from beginning to end. <laughs> and you can start feasting as well. You know, you can start eating your goat. What does the Bible say? Kill the goat. You could have killed the goat and had fun with your friends. I never had any fun in my Christianity my whole life. And the Father says in Luke 15, you could have killed the goat anytime you wanted to and had fun with your friends. None of that performance-based, new covenant, dead letter garbage was even of Christ, even ordained by the Father, and the Holy Spirit had nothing to do with it. That was all about you. Now it's time to enter the kingdom and live for Christ and not self. I mean, that's where the majority of the value of decision is. They're not like so radical into the craziness that we were into that are here right now, the giants of faith, the sons of God. These people, the, the great harvest, most of them are just normal people. 
the, the most extreme cases, most of them are already dead, or we're walking in sonship. Truth anyhow. Because we've had decades of this kind of stuff going on in the Great Tribulation. Hallelujah. Most of these people are normal, valley of decision, multitudes, Laodicean, lukewarm, normal people that haven't done anything overtly wrong. Maybe they feel condemned by a pencil they stole in kindergarten. You know, I mean, like that. These aren't like wicked, crazy serial killers. These are like Laodicean, lukewarm lemmings that have just submitted to the box of the bubble they were born into. And they've just never really done anything with their life other than the little cocoon and shelter system that they grew up in. And the oil and the wine of the giants of the promised land of Joshua and Caleb, the pioneers, the sons of God, coming in with Jurassic-sized new wine grapes are just slamming down on their heads. Love! That wine of the promised land is the best wine saved for last that's stronger than death. And the greatest death that puts you to sleep is just, it's okay to be me and be a good person and live my life. That's where the majority of people are in the multitudes in the Valley Decision. It's okay to just be Laodicean. It's okay to be lukewarm. And I'm really actually focusing this message to the multitudes. I'm not preaching today towards the, the giants of faith of Joel's army already established in the promised land. I'm leaving our one and hitting the 99 today. Because that's where 99% of everyone's at. Just out there like pretty normal people trying to just live life. And normal people get the same treatment as the exceptional ones that have already pioneered it for everyone in the whole world. The Joshua and Caleb's, they come back and they give you the promised land. And they pull you out of the wilderness of just living a life for yourself, doing the best you can. And they just pour on promised land oil and they pour on new wine of the promised land of the divine love stronger than death and they whack the devils off your skulls and remove the word curses off your brains and remove the performance demons of Satan exercising your five physical senses from the realm of the dead of the wilderness of just living a human life. So you can all be soaked and saturated in the promised land even if you don't want it. Even, with you, even if you are totally content with living a human life. It's not going to happen on our watch. There's just zero chance in hell that you will live a normal life on the sons of God's watch and our timeline. You're going to live a supernatural life. You're going to be prospered beyond your ability. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be healed. You're going to be loved. You're going to be prospered. And you're going to live the divine calling God created you to be. Even though 99% of the people, it's not the Apostle Paul. It is an exceptional destiny that will blow your mind every day in a greater anointing and a greater glory. So you'll never be at envy and strife against anyone ever again. You'll never be in want. I tell you, that's what's coming upon all nations. That's what's coming upon all souls. Eight billion souls will be whacked by the promised land oil and the promised land wine right now declares the Spirit of Elijah in Jesus' name. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.